You know, moving on more to the broadcasting side, it still has to do a little bit with the Wizards. Um, last season was just an unbelievable year. It's such a fun year. I mean, there was a lot of things that happened. The, the run that they made for the playoffs was just unbelievable to watch, really starting in like February and March when they really started to win a lot of games. And then, you know, with everything that happened with the pandemic, there was a lot of chaos, especially early on in the year. What was it like commentating for that team? Um, it, you know, early on it was we didn't we didn't travel and then you're in the arena with no fans uh fortunately in my career i've called a lot of games especially early where there haven't been many fans in the stands so i knew how to generate some excitement uh our audio people did a great job you know pumping in audio for us so it felt like fans were there but early on i was really frustrated with the team because Unlike the year before, there were expectations. You get Russell Westbrook, you combine him with Bradley Beal, you thought this team should be a playoff team. Then when they start off 0-5 for the first half, they start off 0-5 for the second half, you're going, man, like, you just lost all that momentum. But to close out going 17-6, and and like you referenced before, night in, night out, Russell Westbrook having a triple-double. And so not only do you have the Wizards trying to make this run to the playoffs, but then you've got Russell Westbrook chasing history. It was incredible. And, you know, the fact that Drew and I got to witness it firsthand, you're just like, this is, this is nuts. And when the, when the, when the fans were allowed back into the arena, that really changed a lot. It, I, I got emotional. Um, I, I definitely had tears in my eyes the first game back because I saw people, I saw four Jewish kids wearing Denny Avdia jerseys, getting a chance to see Denny play for the first time. I saw tons of number four Russell Westbrook jerseys, people walking in, getting a chance to see Russ for the first time as a member of the Wizards. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, like, here we are. It's finally happening. We're getting some semblance of normalcy. And it was just, it was, it was moving. Um, but to, to see the team go 17 and six down the stretch, win the final game of the season against Charlotte, to lock down, you know, the number eight seed, to then lose to Boston, but beat Indiana for the fourth time in a row, and then go and play Philadelphia in the in the playoffs. It was uh, it was it was special. And and I think it's just the beginning of what this team can do. A lot of people consider having a social media account important for especially your, you know, your job or you know, something you're really interested in. And I know you have social media accounts. How is social media, how has your social media accounts had an effect on your career? Uh, honestly, Chase, I hate social media. I hate it. I think it's the worst thing that ever happened to our country. <laughs> and I think it's terrible on so many different levels, but you, you, you hear the expression unnecessary evil and and that's kind of what social media has become but it's for me it's never helped my career I've never if you look at my followers I don't have a ton of followers on Instagram or on on uh, Twitter um, what I will say is that you know everything blew up last year with my comments about Ben Simmons and and then you talk about social media, why it's good, why it's bad. I made that comment not to create a controversy or to get fans to follow me or I could care less. Um, 
I made that comment because Drew and I were talking before the game and I was trying to just keep it interesting as the game went on and I was saying what I truly felt. And I've got no beef with, with Ben. I actually feel badly for what's happened to him. Um, but if I were to tell you the, the comments and the, and the things that I received from that, um, I had to turn off all my notifications because I had death threats and I had people wishing death upon my friends and, and all this different stuff. And then it was just really sad because I, we used to say people have Twitter muscles where they'll say something on their keyboard, but the minute they meet me in person, they're like, oh, Justin, it's great to meet you. I love you. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're the dude who told me I should go kill myself. So um, not exactly the right thing. So I don't look at social media as a chance for me to, to build my following, um, to build my name. I've always thought and I've been taught that if I go and do my job to the best of my ability and I, I live my life the right way, then that's what's important. And that's truly what I believe. So uh, I, I, I wish we didn't have social media. Um, I wish that people just went about things and were real as opposed to how fake they are on social media. Um, and I don't know if it's gonna change or not, but I remember years ago at ESPN, uh, we had a meeting and they told us about Twitter and, and this and that. And they said, now just remember, you can get in trouble for tweets. And so I raised my hand, I said, so if you can get in trouble for tweeting, why would you tweet? And they're like, well, and I'm like, if I don't tweet and I don't say anything, I'm not going to get in trouble, right? And they said, yeah. I said, but if I do tweet and someone doesn't like it, now I'm in trouble. Why would I do that? And, and that was my, my thought process. Um, and, and that's kind of where I've stood by it. I try to do things just to help out, but I try not to give too much of an opinion anymore. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just a couple more questions. I know you and Drew Gooden, you know, you guys work so well together when I hear you on games. You guys just have such Thank a you. connection when you guys, you know, commentate. You know, what do you usually think, like, you know, because there's, you know, a play-by-play -play commentator and then there's a color commentator. What are usually the moments where you kind of let Drew kind of do his thing, you know, and, and you know, be the color commentator? So I always say that the job of a play-by-play -play guy is – to make their analyst the star, right? It's to set them up. I'm the point guard, you know, I'm 5'8". I was a point guard when I played basketball. I try to get my teammates involved. That's what I try to do with Drew. I try to set him up for, you know, an alley-oop, throw it down. And I want him, I want him to shine. And so as far as, you know, the times to let him go, it's, and be the analyst, my job is to call the play, to call the action, to, to punctuate the moment. But then it's to give him room to explain why it happened and, and what the fans can learn from it. And I, I always think a great analyst is not only someone who can describe the why or the how, but can predict something's going to happen and then also teach during the game so that you can learn. So the people at home who are watching will walk away being like, you know what? I didn't know that. Okay, I, li I like that. Now I understand that. And, and something that I was taught 
at a young age from my from my dad was if you know you know a subject matter when you could teach somebody else that subject matter and so if drew can teach that subject matter which he's an expert on in basketball to you or to someone else and now you are able to understand it i think that makes you a really good analyst what is usually your preparation for a game like you know wizards about to play you got you know they usually take one day break what do you do between the time the the game ends i'm making up on tuesday and then the, the next game starts on thursday night what do you do in that time to prepare for the next game yeah so i'll uh I'll, I'll make my rosters. So I always have one sheet with both teams on it. And I have the numbers in numerical order, players. I put their names on there and I spell it phonetically. This way, if someone has a weird name, I'm not trying to like figure it out on the spot. I have it written out. I have their position, height, weight, years in the league, where they came from, what school or what country. And then I have a section where I put notes, what they might be doing in the last five games, what they're averaging for the year, um, what they did in the previous game. I try to see some type of trends. And then I look at the team and I look at what they've done, whether, you know, early in the year, you're, you're looking at like off season moves or, or how the team has changed and what they're doing. And, and so it's easy for the wizards. I call them every night. I know what they're doing. Um, but I still write things out. And so my prep is, is to get my, my board done, have that ready. And then once I, when I get to the arena, my work is done. Like I get to the arena, I go to listen to Wes Sunsell Jr.'s press conference. If I can, I go over to the opposing coaches press conference, listen to what they have to say, go upstairs, do some voiceovers. And before you know it, I'm eating my dinner and it's time to go. And, uh, and I love that part of it. Um, to me, calling the game is not work. The work is the preparation. And, and even that part doesn't suck. You know, you're sitting there looking up different things and you're watching games. I might on NBA league pass, go back and watch a team's game. Like we're playing Cleveland tomorrow night. I haven't had a chance to see them play yet. I know they're exceeding expectations. They're playing well early. I may watch their last game tonight just you know speed through it to see what they're doing um but but that's a typical preparation but game day i'll wake up in the morning finish my board uh eat my breakfast take a nap work out shower shave make my dinner and go to the arena sounds like a lot of fun and you know, to, wrap, to wrap it up real quick yeah i want to be a sports broadcaster when i grow up and uh, and you're really and you're a really successful sports broadcaster. You. So you're welcome. So I was wondering, if you had to give one piece of advice, what would it be? Never turn down an opportunity. Um, no job is too small. No job is too big. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you're hosting a podcast already. That's awesome, and and you're crushing it. I mean, I was. I was waiting for this invite. It took me a long time to get on. I don't know who else you've had on already, but man, I was, I was backed up. Um, but no, I would just say that embrace every opportunity that you get. And people talk so much about connections and it's not what you know, but it's who you know and how do you make those connections and how do you network? And what I always say, like I've got, I think the best mentor in the, in the world and that's Joe Buck. But the reason it happened for me was because 
I would do whatever I could to help him out. I'd go pick him up at the hotel and drive him to the stadium. And I wouldn't say a word unless he spoke to me. And it's know your place, know your role. And I would help him out. He'd say, hey, can you go grab this? I'd go grab that. I'd do whatever it was. And then when the push came to, when push came to shove, it comes down to people will say, hey, Chase, what can I do to help you? Not you having to ask them for help. And that's what you want. You want to build that relationship where people want to help you, where you don't have to ask them for the advice or for the help. And, um, you know, I just think every opportunity you get is a chance to learn and a chance to grow. And if you take it that way, you're going to make it and make sure you're passionate about this, about this career, because it's very easy to grow bitter. I made 500 bucks a month. My first job, my rent was 465. I lost 15 pounds in six weeks. I worked 52 straight days and I loved every minute of it. And if you're not passionate about it, you grow bitter really quickly. And so if you have that passion and you have that drive, then everything that happens is worth it. And you enjoy the journey and embrace that journey because it's fun. Thank you so much, Justin, for that response. And thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, I really do appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates it as well. Good luck, you know, with doing, uh, you know, going forward on TV, commentating for the Wizards, all that. Again, we really appreciate you coming on. If you guys do want to follow Justin on any of his social media accounts, I will have those in the description below so you guys can, can definitely check him out. Again, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. That's it for today, folks. I'll see you next time. Peace.